You so, should move to Medellin, Colombia, John. Where? Uh, but I believed it's pronounced Medellin. Uh, oh, Medellin. M-E-D-E-L-L-I-N, I think it is. Medellin, Colombia. Why would I go there? Because it's the land of the women with the fattest bottoms. I don't like The widest fat hips. The biggest or thighs. Or thigh the biggest titties. Or tits. I mean, don't get me Lovely wrong. Lovely melanin. Hang on, a melanin I can deal with, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to climb over any of these women to get to you. All right, of but course. this this fascination of guys for women with big asses and big tits. I mean, my dad was a, a an inveterate tit man. His mum always used to fucking say, which was just as well because I, I have to admit, my mother had gigantic knockers. There's no no denying the giganticness of my mother's knockers. That's why I was such a well fed baby, obviously. <laughs> it was the inspiration for, for our I, business I dis- name. <laughs> distinctly remember I trying to push this tit in my mouth and me thinking, fucking, I'm not going to be able to eat all that. <laughs> but no, I don't. I, I like my women, prefer them to be kind of athletic, and I don't mean skinny. I mean, a good example would be like, oh, fucking powerlifting chicks. So they're quite solid, but they're not, you know, not Bulgarian fucking weightlifter. <laughs> powerlifting chicks. Yeah, pop, strong women physically and emotionally and and in terms of characters, fucking hot. Intelligent women are fucking hot as well. That that's 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 definitely a small man thing. Why? Who's, what do you mean? I get it. How, what's it got to do with the side by size? Give me a big strong mummy who can throw me around like the little leprechaun <laughs> I am. Now you're just projecting, really. What are you on about? Compared to you, I'm fucking massive. I want a yeah, skinny just, little thing just, I can throw around with a nice pair of pillows on that bum. You're projecting your own desire to be dominated by some fucking powerful chick. Not projecting. Not everything's a projection. Some things can be observations. Just observations. 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 I yeah, nearly I got you again. Almost, almost. I saw your email trying to get me on that the other day. <laughs> I just didn't even dignify it with a response. I saw it. In fact, I was on the shitter, John. I was on the shitter. And I thought, let me just check my emails whilst I'm on the shitter. Actually, do. Well, emails are shit. I don't, I don't want to waste my time with emails. So the only time I ever look at my emails is when I'm on the shitter. It's not a, not a joke. Because uh, otherwise, I'd just mindlessly fucking scroll through some crap. Um, anyway. I saw it. Yeah, you're a cunt. Didn't dignify it with a response. And for those who've got no idea what we're on about, it's a game we're playing, basically. (laughs) And if you were in core control or elite or CCX 16 consulting, you'd know exactly what we mean. But you're not, so you won't. Tough. But hang on a minute. I want to rewind a little bit. It's actually pertinent to what we're talking about today, bad habits. First thing is, how can you say that having a shit is wasted time? Because that's what you're implying. Having a shit is one of those moments when you should be... We've talked about this before, mindful shitting. We you, have. you should be sitting on the toilet mindfully, enjoying the feeling of the world dropping out of your bottom. I mean, since I started eating... And this is going to sound very wanky, I know, but on, on the advice of my mobility trainer, I've started eating um, sauerkraut, uh, mm-hmm. live yogurt, blueberries, granola, and all this... For your gut stuff, health. Right? For my gut health. And the, the, there's been, and I have the, and this is probably too much information, but hey, it's my podcast. If you don't like it, don't listen. Oh, it's our podcast. I was gonna, I've, I was I've got the, there. I've got the famous and somewhat notorious, very healthy McCulloch bowels. Um, but I have to say, with all these nuts and all this live shit business, all these this bacteria, they're even more healthy now. You would not want to go into the bathroom 
anytime soon after me in the morning. You really wouldn't. Not unless you're some kind of perv, which is always possible. Uh, especially if you've been devouring fermented foods. If, if you... Mm. If 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 you're enjoying some of the fermented foods, uh, kimchi is is very pleasant. Is it? I'll try that. Because when I first don't get this right, I mean, just the description of of sauerkraut is enough to put anybody off. You know, shredded cabbage fermented for six weeks. You think fuck off. <laughs> and then when I opened, I went down to the local Polish shop because they it's like the only place in town that's got fermented sauerkraut. That's fresh because I mean, there's loads of places doing it in jars, but then it's pasteurized, so it's pointless. And I got this fucking, I mean, it's so cheap, it's like two euro forty for a kilogram. Yeah, it's well, just bear in mind, you have 60, maybe 60 grams a day at top dose. That's a lot of fucking, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good supply. Anyway, when I first tried it, about 20 grams on a fork, I thought, this is fucking, it's like drain cleaner. <laughs> But I have to admit, I was wrong. I've now got a taste for it, and I have, I love it as a little snack because one, it's it's actually quite tasty. But it's also it really refreshing. Yeah, a nice taste in It's like a drink of water. It's really fucking nice. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm a big fan uh, of sauerkraut. This just just you what? Big fan of sauerkraut. Yeah, I, I am now. I, I, I'll admit it. I'm going to make my own. Yeah, we made our own for a little while, and we made our own. Um... Oh, fuck. What's it called? What's that horrible smelling yogurty type drink with live bacteria in? Yakult? No, not Yakult. Oh, uh, carry on what, we, what you're saying. I'll try and find it. Well, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm a, we're on the top subject of bowels. But anyway, here's the thing about, because today we are talking about bad habits. Now they destroy your business. Um, kefir, that's what it's called. We made our own kefir. All right. It stunk like cheese. It was terrible. We threw it away. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That's disgusting. But bad habits, there's kind of three things. Now, um, one of the three points we want to touch on is this idea of doing what everyone else does. And pertinent to that is this idea of scrolling mindlessly on your phone. You know, look yeah. around. It is. A th- I mean, Jim Rohn used to talk about this a lot. He's dead now, so he's not talking about anything. Um, but Jim Rohn used to talk about this, and it, it is so obvious. It's easy to miss. It's almost like not being able to see the wood for the trees. Right? People want, in general. I know success means different things to everybody. The best description I've ever heard is from Earl Nightingale, which was it's the progressive realisation of a worthy goal, where a worthy goal is something worthy of you or your skills. Okay, so, you know, becoming the, the biggest drug dealer in a town probably isn't much of a worthy goal because selling stuff that might kill people or bankrupt them it isn't particularly worthy. But, you know, there's a lot of subjectivity there. But I think we'd all tend to know what's worthy of us, us and what is. Deep inside, we know. You know. We might not always choose to do it, but I think we, we generally know what we perceive as being right and wrong. Yeah. And so most people want to be successful, but most people are not, are they? They're just not. I mean, most people, they live, they get a job, they work, they raise a family, they die. And, and, you know, Thoreau wrote, I think it was Thoreau, wrote about the the lives of quiet desperation people live because they want something more. But before they know it, they've got family, they've got children. They feel they can't do it. Um, and, and, you know, they, they, they wear these chains of conformity and it binds them so tightly because they don't know they're wearing them. Now, the chains that bind us the tightest are indeed the, the, the chains we don't know we're wearing and conformity is one of them. So 
they take their lead from everyone else. And when they do want to succeed, what do they do? Well, they just look around at what everyone's doing because everyone else, they, they, they project. Now, while they're dying inside and have this, this life of quiet desperation, everyone on the outside, they put on this facade. So they'll look at their neighbours, they'll look at, and social media's made this a lot fucking worse. Social you know, media like, is fucking oh, the, the demon when it comes to this shit. Hell. When it comes now, to this in particular. They will see what other people choose to project. And, and I mean, I, I think we probably all do that to some extent. I I, I don't go out of my way to project an, an image of, of some, anything in particular, but it, that doesn't mean to say I reveal it all my innermost thoughts and what's going on in my life to everybody. Of course, I bloody don't. You know, there's no point. There's You're just inauthentic, business. mate. <laughs> inauthentic. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? So people take their lead from what's around them, which includes this fucking demon social media. So now you think about it. We've got to this, this a situation where in life in general, it's normal to sit there, say, in an airport or a railway station, doom scrolling. Because, yeah. you, you know, you, you, I think Cal Newport talks about embracing boredom. Why don't you just sit mm. there for a bit? I don't, I don't mean sit there being you or just being whatever like these fucking mindset twats like to say. But why don't you just sit there and just accept the boredom or read, read a book, you know? But doom scroll, doom scroll, doom scroll. And it's normal. And it's normal for couples now to sit on a sofa with a TV on, no one's watching it, and they're mm -hmm. scrolling. I remember a guy, and the, the last time I flew was well, probably a couple of years ago now. Coming up, it was last summer, coming back from the UK, thinking about it, um, the event we did. And there was a guy sitting ne next seat over the aisle. He, I swear this is true. He had a Microsoft Surface, and he was watching a video. He was doing this. And his other hand, he had a phone. And I could see, because I was on his left, so he was holding his phone in his right hand, so I could look across and see what he was doing on his phone. Because I got better than 2020 vision in both eyes, you see. He was on Facebook and he was scrolling Facebook and hitting like and just doing the Facebook thing and also watching this video. I'm thinking, you're not focusing on either of those. You've got, I haven't got a clue what either of those is about. You're just mindlessly doing this. And he wasn't a young bloke. He was probably, I'd say, mid to late 30s, early 40s. Hard to tell he had a quite big beard, you know. But th this is normal. This is normal. And it's a bad habit to get life. into. You it's what? a terrible habit. They, those people are just wandering through life without much thought at all. Well, I was talking um, about general life, though, but I mean, people do this in business too. People sit yes. on. I, I, I was sent a post um, by one of my spies, EBGS, and there was a discussion, and a lot of people were kind of saying this is the norm now. This is what they have to do spending three hours a day on LinkedIn, liking, sharing, viewing, yeah. and commenting posts. And, you know, this isn't writing their own posts. This is engagement on others' posts. Mm. Well, bearing in mind, probably most people spend an hour or so writing a post, a post that we can knock out in 10 minutes. And they're probably spending four hours a day on LinkedIn. Now, if that was making them loads of money, fucking have at it. I'll, do, I'll spend four hours on sales calls each day and every day, if you let me, because three quarters of them are going to convert to fucking 10 grand sales. But <laughs> they're on LinkedIn and they're just looking. Th th this is just lead generation now. Why would you spend four hours a day lead generation when it isn't working, which isn't? But they just do it. Bad habits, bad habits, bad habits. If, if the only way you're going to grow your business is not by accident, it's with purposeful focus. Vodka is also a bad habit. Is that vodka or is that water? That's vodka, mate. I'm back on the on the drink. Here's my supply. Thank God for that. <laughs> now you're not going to grow your business by accident. The only way you're going to grow your business through is through focus, and. 
we've gone through this recently not that we had a bunch of bad habits but we've we've recently experienced what it's like to truly focus i think we thought we had an idea what it's like to focus but we've been in a period of focus that has led to our best month ever yes so if you're not focusing on anything you're not strategically focusing on the right parts of your business you're just sort of that plastic bad bag being pulled left to right in the wind that is social media you're not going to get much done, are you? Nothing meaningful, nothing beyond the surface level at the very least. You're never going to be able to accomplish something profound. No. And here's here's a, an uber bad habit, right? One bad habit is not getting into good habits. It's yeah. almost like a habit of omission. Think about it. And as Jim Rohn used to say, it's easy. it's just as easy to do the things often as not to do them. I mean, here's a good example. My mobility ro- ro- regime is basically three, what Toby calls workouts. No, it's four now, four workouts a week, which are like weights and stuff. But every morning, seven days a week, there's a, what he calls the cars. I can't remember what it stands for. But it basically, it basically takes in all the joints, from, you know, neck, thoracic spine, shoulders, scaps, wrists, elbows, knees and ankles and hips. And you move each one through a, a range, a full range of motion with under tension. It's not particularly demanding in terms of effort. I mean, it's a very, it's quite a high effort for a short period of time. And at the end of it, you know, you're, you're sweating a little bit. And you're not out of breath, but it takes maybe ten to twelve minutes. Okay, and it makes a profound difference. Within days, I could notice a difference. Sometimes I would do it last thing at night so i don't ache so much in the morning when i wake up i do it before my weight training but the minimum is to do it for 12 minutes in the morning yet people tell toby i don't have time for it i i that is just not true it is absolute bollocks it really is no they can't find 12 minutes at some other time of the day maybe if the morning's too much for them please don't tell me you can't find 12 minutes in a day to take some action habitual action which could mean the difference between literally between life and death in your older years because you know a huge a great cause of death for instance is you fall over and break something and there's something like a 60 percent mortality rate in people over 60 within two years after they break a hip something like it's, it's, it's fucking scary and most of that isn't so much the fall it's the lack of mobility after the fall and which is nothing to do with the hip replacement itself and some of them it's because they fall they break the hip and then they're so immobile and weak, they can't get up off the floor. That's what causes the damage. Well, simple good habit of 12 minutes a day for, for maybe the 10, 15, 20 years before that would almost certainly have prevented that from happening. So that's the a, that's a, that's a bad habit of not having a good habit by omission. I yeah. saw a video uh, the other day of this woman. She, she, was getting, she was unloading her car. She had a pram there. She'd just taken the baby out of the car seat, put it into the pram and uh, she's turned back around to grab like her handbag or something. Uh, once she's put the baby in the pram, the pram started rolling away and it's heading yeah. towards, um, it looked like a four lane highway in America. She sees this, obviously shits herself, starts running after it. She falls over. She couldn't get up. This baby Fucking is then just hell. hurtling and it's this this just 
the longest five seconds ever of this woman repeatedly trying to get up and falling over again and again, just unable to lift herself off the ground. Some man at the last minute, you see him just enter the frame. He absolutely sprints and like grabs hold of the pram just before it as it's about to get hit by oncoming traffic. And this woman is still just there like a fucking shit fish. Because she's obviously extremely unathletic and uh, it didn't look like she was the mother. So she was about to kill someone else's child, probably her grandchild or her her niece or nephew or something. Because, (laughs) Because she just let all of these bad habits creep in of drinking, overeating um, and never paying much attention to themselves. We spend being bored is essentially being with yourself. Mm. I think people don't really know who they are anymore because they never spend any time with themselves anymore. Some people, I mean, my ex-wife, she can't sit in silence. It's a bad trait that. I mean, like say you and I were on a long train journey or a plane car journey, say driving up the M5 to the Lake District. We'd probably talk and laugh, but we'd also have long periods of silence and they'd be perfectly comfortable. Whereas my ex cannot possibly do that. She has to be talking. She finds silence per se uncomfortable, which I just find, I find it blissful. Me and Sarah, long periods of very comfortable. I I find very comfortable silence. I think Sarah does too. But why the fuck do do people need to fill these moments of blissful silence with their inane incessant fucking chatter i really don't know and it is always so that's one bad habit anyway not getting into good habits and and not focusing on support second one kind of follow on really because we mentioned social media a really bad habit people have is listening to the unqualified opinions of other people often just because they're popular got a lot to say on that i bet you have it does my head in people just listening to other people without a modicum of critical thinking Mm. these people that give opinions so freely are often uneducated because if you're educated you you know the danger of Of giving an opinion opinion. yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's it's, it's that simple and if it, it even worse if you listen to unsolicited opinions people that just come along say on your social media leave you a comment hey great post but you should do this next time you listen to them are you mental this person has got nothing better to do with their day other than to fucking give out unsolicited advice which is probably just their way of trying to prove to themselves that their own strategy and whatnot is a viable strategy and it's, it's like the crab in the bucket they're just trying to keep you in the bucket with them doing fucking inane Bullshit. The only people you should be listening to for advice are people that are experts in their field and have preferably solved the problem that you're trying to solve. End of conversation. Well, I remember, I'm going back pre-COVID now, but there was a lady, uh, some fairly, fairly, she's a big wig as far as as LinkedIn marketing goes. Bearing in mind, I don't think that's actually a a real job. Not really. (laughs) But that's not the point. She she was very popular and presumably good at what she did. To me, it's a little bit like being, you know, maybe the Pope or a bishop. You're the head of this organisation that's absolutely meaningless because it's about religion. Yes, anyway, it's all fucking made. It's like being fucking chief fairy tale teller, isn't it? Anyway, mm. yeah. well, the fucking head of Hogwarts. It's not real, honestly. But anyway, that's not the point. But what is a good point is she was basically posting about putting her prices up, and two people in particular 
railed on her and said, you can't do that. And here's what you should do instead. And coincidentally, both of these people, they weren't business experts or marketing experts or sales experts or even business owners. They were both coincidentally airline pilots. Now, Let's be very clear about this. These guys are very highly trained in what they do. There's no two ways about it, I'm sure. Discipline. And, and, and believe me, if there's an in-flight emergency when I'm flying a plane or I'm on a plane, I'm going to ask those guys for advice or at least trust them to get to do what they know how to do because that's what they do. No fucking problem about that at all. And if I've got questions about how to fly an airplane, specifically Boeing 777, because that's what they were pilots of, again, I will ask these guys. And if I've got a question about what does this mean on aircraft traffic control when he says this or... You know, what, what does such and such flights 432 heavy mean? Well, the heavy means it's got a lot of fuel on it. You know, if, I want that, if I want those kinds of questions answered, I'll ask a pilot. But when it comes to business, why would I ask a fucking airline pilot about how to raise my prices or whether I should or not? And the so thing is, what got me was, one, this, this woman, to be fair, she, she didn't take their advice, but she engaged them in an argument and justified herself to them. Why? And she confided to me later that, um, you know, she was... It made her second guess what she was doing. Why? That's like the guy from the local shoe shop telling me how to write a book, you know. Mm, doesn't make any sense, does it? No, you, you've, not at all. There's, you've also got to look at the inverse of this. And I made a grave mistake as well once, um, which I'll tell you about shortly. Just the one. One that I'm willing to share on the podcast. <laughs> so it'll be the most grave mistake this podcast ever hears. <laughs> you've got to be you've got to be careful of people's praise because mm. if they're not qualified, just in the same way, if people aren't Absolutely. qualified to give advice, they're not qualified to give praise. You should not allow someone giving you like a pat on the back saying, good job, well done to a bit of work you've done. If they're not qualified to give that pat on the back, if they're not qualified to critique it or give you advice on it. And they're not qualified to give you um, kudos on it. And so you pointed this out to me and it was, I was like, of course that makes sense. It's just inverse thinking, um, which is something that we spoke about quite a lot recently. Anyway, so mum said to me, and this is the mistake. My mum said to me, you're doing a really good job, Connor. I'm really proud of you uh, and the things that you're doing in your business. Um, you did a really good job with Project X, Y, and Z because she'd obviously heard me talking about them. And I said, whilst I appreciate your love, you are not fit to tell me if I've done a good job or not. <laughs> she was not happy with me. No, I, I think that probably scores quite highly in the how not to do interpersonal relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was how not mistake. to win friends and influence people. Yeah, I was like, it, there's nothing I, I personal. That but I'm autistic. Yeah, I said to her, but who are you bad? to tell me it's a good job? You couldn't tell me what's good or bad. Uh, yeah, bad mistake. It was in COVID and I just think I was looking for a row. <laughs> no. But it's an important point, Looking nevertheless. Yeah, sometimes I like a good debate, a good argument. Ah, oh, you just Got did you. it, you fuck. I got you. Thank you for listening to the podcast this week. Yeah. <laughs> he's, going to throw, he's going to storm off now and hit Tamsin. Oh, that's really wound me up. You've done me. You've absolutely got you. done me. Fucking there. got you. Fucking got you. <sighs> It's because when you're on it, you're already talking. It's just a little gentle product. Oh, fuck you. Back to what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't let. Holly, do not cut you. that one out. 
No, she won't. Of course she won't. She'll highlight it. She'll turn the volume up and add some fucking fancy noises. Um, and if you've got staff, you've got to be careful not to listen to, to, to your staff as well, because they'll often not understand the decisions that you're making at the top level. I'm not sure I can concentrate anymore. Breathe. Breathe. Let me talk for a minute and you can, no. you can, you can fester. <laughs> Other people listening is thinking, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, they've got no paying idea. us, you'd know, wouldn't you? If you're paying us, mm. paying us. So, other people's opinions. I mean, it, it's people seem to misunderstand. Well, there's, there's a whole kind of mess of things here. The first is people don't understand often or choose to ignore the difference between facts and opinions. Yeah. It is a fact, as far as I can tell, the sun is shining out there. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. All right. We could measure it objectively. But you even what would... qualified it by saying as far as you can tell. Well, yeah, of course, because I could be hallucinating. Exactly. Yeah. But as far as I can tell, it's a fact that the sun is shining. What would be an opinion would be, well, the sun's nice or the sun's not nice. Or the sun is warm in the sense that I feel warm because I might feel someone else might feel cold. That's an opinion. Facts facts are what is true. Opinions are really what we think about it or what we think is true. And what we've got is people take this this quite in my opinion, correct statement, people are entitled to their own opinions. Of course they are. They're, they're allowed to think and feel whatever they like. But they then take that to mean, well, that then translates to it being factual too. So I'm entitled to my opinion, and that means that my my opinion has some element of objective truth about it, such as, oh, in my opinion, vaccines are bad. Well, that's your opinion. That means nothing whatsoever in terms of the science of vaccines but they seem to think it should, and we should somehow take their opinion into account. And this is dangerous because it's happening. We have people's assemblies where the opinions of uninformed, mostly unintelligent people get taken into account for policy decisions which affect all of us. Why on earth are we doing this? It's fucking stupid. You know, We should be listening to scientists. Now, I do accept there is a an argument for scientists not having carte blanche to decide everything because there are there are some other sides of things we do need to discuss to, to talk about. Like, for instance, medical care. It makes it makes sense to let people who are going to die just to die and give them no medication whatsoever. But a more human side of it, which would then come into the, the, the realm of opinions of subjectivity, would be, well, at least let's give them palliative care to make their deaths as pleasant as possible, or at least as, as less unpleasant as needs to be. You know, that's where the, I mean, there's no real argument for science in that. It's just a human's an opinion. Mm. So it's true. We do. We perhaps do need to soften the, the the edges of science sometimes. In the same way as we have juries to soften the edges of of intractable and inflexible law, we we do have that. That's one reason for juries existing. But to take people's opinions and treat them as 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 some kind of holy sacrosanct thing which we can't question or, or pour derision on is ridiculous. It's like religion. If someone says we've got to respect my religion, all of a sudden it's all got to respect its religion. Why? Religion is just a fucking opinion. Religion mm. is just a, a largely stupid idea of the way the world works. You know, we've got 30,000 different flavors of Christianity alone, and they all say they're the one true way. Well, they can't all be fucking right, can they? 29,999 of them are fucking wrong, at least. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It makes no so, sense. And another thing about people following the herd and, and taking other people's opinions is this 
this natural human tendency to want to belong. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Don't want to be the outgroup. No, I, 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 I don't know it's my age being autistic or just the way I've lived my life and, and educated and taught myself. I don't really give a shit about it. I don't, I don't want to be in the in-group. But even I am subject to certain conformities. I pretty much dress the same as everybody else partly because that's what's available, but also it's, it's fairly comfortable. And I, I wouldn't have any desire to walk around in a dress, even if it's comfortable, because of the unwanted attention it would get me. So, you know, not, we're not completely. But, well, you, if you walked around, if I walked around with a face like this in a, wearing a dress, yes. Got him! Done it to me, yeah. yeah the, the, difference, the difference is I don't care. You know, I don't get wound up about it. You, oh, yeah, you, you keep telling me how much you don't care. <laughs> Point being, walk around in a dress. With a face like mine, you'd get unwanted attention. It's amazing well, how powerful that is, isn't it? Oh, it's it's ridiculous. It's it, it gets even the trained mind. Yes. Um, you got you went viral in the gay community on one of our Instagram posts. Uh, I, I decided the other day. <laughs> so it, maybe there's some truth oh, in right. it. Yeah. There Probably. was uh, there was several men asking if you were single on one of our Instagram. Why have you told him no? I didn't. Re- I didn't know about it until I had my morning meeting with Holly. She was like, oh, "We, we uploaded a clip. There was like fourteen, fifteen thousand views or something." I was like, oh, "Wow!" I was like, "But I haven't noticed an increase in sales. So where are these views coming from?" So I opened it up, look at the comments <laughs> and the likes, and it's just a bunch of men. Just a oh, bunch of men. Exciting. I wonder what my ass was saying. <laughs> Someone's been creeping in in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, it's fair to summarize by saying, and th- this includes yourself when you're trying to work on a problem, but you, you shouldn't really listen to, to, to people's opinions if they have no knowledge on it, and especially if they haven't solved the problem that you're trying to solve. And I think as difficult as this is, that includes yourself. If you're trying to do something you've never done before, and you're putting together a plan to do said thing, you are you are completely unaware of how ignorant you are you have a massive debt of ignorance you have a massive knowledge deficit there yeah a huge huge knowledge gap so you have to be aware of your own biases you have to be aware of your own ignorances and the danger of your own opinions about the world now the the slight caveat most people think they are their thoughts so everything that goes through their their head if they think about killing people they'll come out and say oh i'm a terrible person i think about killing people i don't think you're really your thoughts and this is kind of a side note i think that's why journaling is so impactful and so important because it's essentially you get to filter through your your thoughts and figure out what is yours and what is just invasive but if you're not paying down your ignorance debt every single day and you're not aware of your own ignorance you're going to make a lot of fucking mistakes because you're putting too much weight on your own opinion about what what it is that you're about to do how the way should be and that's that's why critical thinking is so important because that's just merely uh, an objective way of processing analyzing and evaluating the information to hand rather than just going on the way you feel about things and you do it in a a logical systematic manner where most people are just flying off their their feelings aren't they yeah John Cleese has got a great video on YouTube about this. This very point. does he? Yeah, uh, and he basically uh, Google uh, search something like John Cleese on people being stupid, 
basically <laughs> one of his friends is a, is a you know psychologist or professor or something and he points out we we know this anyway um you know the problem we face often is some people are too stupid to know they're stupid that because the, the same cognitive abilities you need not to be stupid are required to to, to know that you're stupid so as, as somebody once quipped, being stupid is a little bit like being dead. It's not a problem for you because you don't know anything about it. But it is a problem for everyone else. Yeah. You know? And so I think we have to face the fact some people are just born stupid. They live stupid lives and they die stupid. They are just fucking stupid. And the best thing we can do for most of them. There's, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with them, making them bad people. But we should just let them quietly get on with their lives and effectively ignore them. Mm. Because they're like, you know, think of them as being children playing in the corner in their own little world and just let them get on with it for a while. Because, you know, we've got adult stuff to do. And unfortunately, you know, there are, there are people running businesses and, in, and even in, in quite senior positions who are like this. And then we just have to accept it and let them get on with it. Mm. You've got to be course, like a computer, unobjective, cold, and just analyze the facts and information and come no, to that would objective be unobjective. Opinions. That would be objective. I, I said objective. You said unobjective. Holly will play the clip. She will. Replay it. And you'll see. So, and of course, part part of all this, 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 tendency to listen to other people's opinions means you're taking advice from people who've got the same problems you have they have opinions on how to solve but they actually haven't solved it yet and what i, what I lost this this kind of conformity buying into this kind of widespread conformity it generally leads to people being what we call busy fools mm. they're very active in talking for instance on on social media linkedin they are very active in talking about what they're doing, talking about often themselves, which is fucking anti-sales 101. And the last thing anyone gives a shit about is you. Um, but they, they are—they buy into this whole thing and they will spend, well, three, four hours a day just talking about their business. So they're, they're, the way they look at it, again, this is their own bias, their own cognitive bias. They're, they're busy. They're working, they are doing stuff connected with their business. It's stuff that everyone else is telling them builds business. You've got all these people saying how effective social media marketing is, yet the same ones saying it's not working for them. Why not? I'll just keep doing more of it. And they keep doing more of it because that's what everyone's telling them to do. Well, they, they are busy fools. They are not thinking, around. What, what's actually going to move this needle? Regardless of what people will say or think of me. Because you know, a lot of these people, they would, they, they would benefit, for instance, mightily, massively, from spending one hour a day on cold outreach, whether it's cold calling, direct mail, cold emails. But they, they won't do it sometimes, not even because they don't want to, but because they're afraid of what other people might say if they get found out. Mm. Hey, guys, Google does direct mail. <laughs> Hello? It's, it's um, Social media is easy because everyone kind of understands it as well. I genuinely think rather than say <clears throat> spending three, four hours a day on social media, you'd, you'd be far better off taking one of those hours and sit there and do nothing and just feel how painful that is because that's essentially what you're doing on social media. 
you're sitting there and doing nothing. At least mm. this time you'll be able to feel how you feel, feel some frustration, and then you'll be able to use that frustration, that anger into doing something a little bit more fruitful. Cause that's, fruitful. I'm ignoring that. <laughs> I nearly got spotted it. a mile off. No, I spotted a mile off <laughs> because that's essentially what you're doing. Yeah. You, I, there's no argument that social media can win new clients, especially if you do it the way we teach our clients to do it, we're not arguing that, but John, how many minutes a day on social media do you spend? Me? Yeah. How many minutes a day? What are we classing as social media? Do we, do we, do we treat WhatsApp as social media? No. Okay. So social media, I probably spend email. Do we spend, do we count email? No, nope, I'm not counting that. Okay. LinkedIn, so, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook. Oh, on average then less than 10 minutes a day. Less than 10 I, minutes a day. And that's an average. I mean, I will go weeks, months without logging into anything whatsoever. I've been on LinkedIn more recently because I'm linking it to our cold outreach. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at how a couple of things are working. So I've got a genuine reason. And once I'm on there, I take five minutes to indulge myself in looking at the news feed and reminding <laughs> myself how fucking awful it is. And it is. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, I would say, say since June, since I, I just logged out of everything, my average a day is probably less than a minute. Yeah. I mean, uh, my mine, screen time, I'm actually quite happy to do this. I'm going to post my screen time for people to see, and they will see how little time or where I spend my time. Um, what is it now? Uh, screen. So the reason I asked about how many minutes on average you spend on social media is because I too spend probably less than a minute on average. Uh, on social media a day yet we still make sales from it yeah so don't tell me that you have to spend three four hours a day on social media to make sales uh, it's bollocks and there's far better ways of doing it flat out and we do it in a very different way compared to most people so yeah yeah take an hour just sit there feel your pain feel your frustration rather than sitting there and telling yourself that you're working because you're 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 engaging with people and you're building relationships that might be fruitful in the future. I don't like that word might. Do something with go. a bit more certainty. Today, for instance, Reuters, 14 minutes, WhatsApp, four minutes, calculator, one minute, practice better, <laughs> it's the thing I use to communicate with my doctor, one minute, SoundCloud, one minute, Sheets. 47 seconds my steps up 10 seconds this is today starting to get the picture guys and girls so the most amount of time i spend on anything is is 14 minutes on reuters which is the news app and four minutes on whatsapp yeah massive 80 20 no time whatsoever on social media as it should be as it should worst, be. worst thing you can do especially the worst thing you can do is just fill your day with crap and thinking you're doing stuff, something. It's, con it's conflating and confusing activity with achievement, isn't it? And if you think about it, peeps, the, the reason we this works or the reason this happens is, as we've said before, it's all about dopamine. You get the same mm -hmm. dopamine rush from being fruitful busy as pointless busy. If your perspective on it is that you're achieving something, if you know, if your belief is this is this is good, this is a good thing to be doing, that activity, regardless of its objective merits, will get you feeling good. 
that's a real fucking danger. Very dangerous. But most people won't care. No. Just in the same way, we're not for everyone. Embracing and taking control of your own life isn't for everyone. Some people are made to just wander through, controlled by their dopamine receptors, jumping from one thing to another, context context switching often. So they're always going wide, but but remaining shallow and never deep. To be fair, I think we we are probably all controlled by our, ultimately by our dopamine receptors. But I think to an extent, I think to a very large extent, because I think some people more than others. I, I would disagree with that because because gone. I would disagree with it because if you're, I think it comes down to self awareness of it. Because. Are you? I mean, are you suggesting that somebody who gets the, the short-term dopamine hit of Instagram doom scrolling is more driven by their dopamine than someone who's got a long-term goal and gets dopamine satisfaction from doing that? I would disagree. I would say it's the difference between them both is their awareness of what's happening. One's a junkie because the spikes are far higher. You sure about that? Yeah, the spikes are far higher. No, no, are you sure that they're junkies? Uh, so what, dopamine junkies? Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're spending, the average session on TikTok, I believe, is uh, close to an hour. Ooh. I classify that as a junkie. And the spikes they get from that context, a constant context switching, being showed stresses and relaxes, everything from the most interesting video about your favorite habits to big booty meddling Colombian girls. I'm not. I'm not denying that there's they're very much driven. What I, my point is, I'm, I'm not sure that people who have a more thoughtful approach to their success and what they want out of life, I don't, I'm not, I don't believe they're any less dopamine driven. I think it's just I mean, look at it this way. Let's use the analogy. There's the junk food diet when you're addicted. When well, you're not addicted, but you are dependent on sugar and maybe alcohol, and you're, you're stuffing your face every five minutes, and you're getting fat on junk food. And then there's your sensible diet. You're both driven by the need to eat. Yes. Yeah. But you approach it differently. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you have to do the same thing. So I'm not entirely sure. It's an interesting concept and one we can explore, yeah. but I'm not it's, entirely uh, sure. My thinking is, and I haven't thought it through as well as perhaps I should for a conversation like this, is um, it's almost like chasing the dragon. So the higher the spikes mm. you experience. The more you need it the more you need it. And therefore you crave and chase that dopamine a lot more, but the dis the, so that therefore they're, they're the chasm between their peak and their base is far higher. And when you engage in those activities, your baseline dopamine drops, which is why everyone thinks they've got ADHD nowadays, because they they've created this massive chasm through excessive dopamine frying. So they're, then they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm ADHD. It's like, oh, fucking slow down. You retard. Can't use that word anymore, but I'm retarded, so therefore I can. Um, compared to the disciplined man that has far higher baseline, but never let it spikes too far. Of course, they're still controlled by dopamine, but nowhere near to the but, extent of a junkie. Well, again, I, I yes, we we both agree they're both controlled by dopamine. I would say they're controlled to a similar extent. Um. I guess what Once. the difference. I guess what I mean. One difference might be that your your disciplined man or woman or person or non-binary person, uh, your your disciplined man requires less of it. 
Yeah, so that's a little bit like insulin. You know, my my insulin sensitivity is massive. It's off the scale. I need a very tiny amount of insulin to do the job. Whereas someone who's obese and subsists on sugar and junk food needs a massive hit of insulin. We both need it, and we both get the same result from it. They just need Mm -hmm. more of it, and more often. I don't think it would be correct to say it wouldn't make any sense. But you know, to use to to really stretch the analogy, it wouldn't mean that I'm any more or less dependent on insulin it's just that i can get by with less of it yeah interesting conversation though yeah because here's the the thing would you say we are not driven by the dopamine spikes we get from getting triage calls booked getting sales calls booked and making those sales that drives us i don't think that's any different from someone scrolling on instagram but it not subjectively objectively massively so in the sense that we're getting results they're just busy fools and stem Exactly, I understand exactly what you're saying, and you are spot on. I think the angle I'm always looking at it from is um, the higher your baseline level uh, directly correlates with the the likelihood of you doing work that you find uncomfortable that you don't want to do because you can afford for the the baseline level to drop. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So that that's why I'm saying they're they're less dependent on it because if if they have to undergo an activity that is going to really bore them to death and is really difficult and is going to require long periods of focus and concentration the one with the higher baseline and the lower peak is far more likely to get it done and therefore is less driven maybe not using dependent wasn't the right word because we're all dependent but they're, they're far less driven by instant gratification and we all know Bingo. the power of delaying right. instant gratification which is anyway. why we get such a big spike from sales and triage. And here, here's the kicker, of course, for everybody. Discipline is its own reward. Yeah. And and it's a learned skill. All these things we're talking about, you know, you you might you could be the worst doom scroller in the world, but you can break the habit if you want to. Um, I was never a huge doom scroller, but I went, I still went cold turkey. I just deleted it all from my phone. And if you don't have the willpower to abstain from these things then physically remove yourself from it so delete these things from your phone log out in your browser change your password to something you can't possibly remember and type in from memory so you have to go back into something like bitwarden to find it or what or you know make it as difficult and inconvenient as possible to log into these things hey an old school paper password yeah do you remember them yeah yeah, and keep it in in a different room from your office so if you want to go and log into, say, LinkedIn, you've got to get up, get off your ass, leave the office, go to your, your bedside cabinet, bring the book down you know, so it's not open on your desk, type it in and take, make sure you take it back. Just make it in. And you, what you do is you think, oh, I just can't be fucking bothered. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So anyway, we need to wrap up, my love. We do. We do. Uh, good episode. As always, if you want to work with us, email holly, H-O-L-L-Y, at wellfedbusiness.com com um and she'll look after you she'll get you booked in for a little triage call uh keep an eye out ironically on our emails and our socials because we've got a new book coming out very very soon uh, by the time you're listening to this will probably be just five seven days away from uh selling it pre-published and for anyone who buys it pre-published we're going to give away an extra free little bonus uh that is yet to be announced but other than that stay safe finger your bum check your prostate uh and think critically <laughs> see you later alligators bye